0: Since 1963, America has been fumbling to find a rhyme or a reason as to why our beloved 35th president met such an early demise. Today, unlike anything we have done on our podcast, we are going to put our tinfoil hats on and discuss the assassination of John F. Kennedy. We are your hosts, Helen Allen and Sherry Ferreira. This is The Chalk Line. Good evening, everyone, and the highlights of the news this Thursday... All right, so I just need to start this episode by saying I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> my voice is going in and out. It's not because I'm sick. I just went a little bit too hard this weekend. Hey. <laughs> Enough that. Enough that. And that's that. Yeah. So if you don't like it, then leave. Right. But don't. Just listen. It's a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get down to it. As we all know, President John F. Kennedy was assassinated, um, and I'm sure most people listening do know the facts of everything, but just to kind of make sure that we're all on the same page at the same time, I am going to just slowly go through the facts and, well, not slowly, I'm not like teaching history right now, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> well, but gonna I am going to go through the facts um, because I think kind of re-listening to everything and how it went down will help Make an opinion on what truly happened. He was assassinated while riding in a motorcade, which is essentially just a bunch of cars, like in kind of a parade fashion, um, through Dealey Plaza in Dallas, Texas at 1230 p.m. So that's obviously central standard time. That doesn't matter at all. I don't know why (laughs) I said that. For (laughs) context, for context. You know, just to give you the full view of everything. So this was Friday, November 22nd, 1963. That we know, that is not disputed. The one concrete thing, got it. (laughs) Got it. So I think it's important to start with just kind of like, what was John F. Kennedy doing in Dallas that day? These are the facts as we know them, according to JFK.org. In November 1963... JFK, accompanied by his wife Jacqueline and Vice President Johnson and his wife, went on this like five city tour of Texas to kind of boost his reelection bid and mend like this kind of rift that he had with the Texas State Democratic Party. On November 16th, it is publicly confirmed that there will be a presidential motorcade in Dallas. On November 21st, 1963, the Dallas Morning News published The route of the Motorcade. Okay. Now this is public information. And that's a day before. Got it. At 1152, on the day of the whole thing, um, the infamous motorcade departs from Lovefield Airport headed for the luncheon at the Dallas Trademark. So this, he was just going to go and make an, a speech at this like luncheon there. The presidential limousine included him, Jackie Kennedy, Governor Connolly, and the governor's wife. At 12.30 p.m., the president and Governor Connolly are shot. The presidential limousine then races up Stemmons Freeway to Parkland Memorial Hospital. Meanwhile, Lee Harvey Oswald is stopped and then released by a Dallas policeman on the second floor lunchroom of the Texas School Department book depository sorry that's like a mouthful i don't know how you got through that thank you basically i mean you can look at pictures of this scene obviously but um the road that they're driving on the texas school book depository is like it's on the right side of the presidential limousine and it's like behind them at this point that they're being shot
1: so they fully drove past they drove past it
0: a little ways and then then he's shot Alright, so by this point, Lee Harvey Oswald heads down the stairwell and leaves the Texas School Book Depository Building traveling east. This is when America hears the first news of the president being shot. By 1258, Oswald returns to his home at 1026 North Beckley Avenue in Oak Cliff to retrieve his pistol, then leaves minutes later to wait at a bus stop. An informal roll call of the employees at the Texas School Book Depository is taken, and the police find empty empty rifle shells at the sixth floor window. So, of course, like, he's not there for the roll call, so they think that, and then they also find the, the rifle shells. Police officer J.D. Tippett is then shot and killed at the corner of 10th Street and Patton Avenue in the Oak Cliff section of Dallas. So remember mm. that I did say... Oswald's house is over there. Dallas officers find the hidden rifle in the northwest section of the Texas School Book Depository then, um, because before they had just found the rifle shells, but this time they they found the actual rifle too.
1: So then after doing the search and finding the rifle, they must be thinking whoever was supposed to be up here is...
0: Right, I mean, it's like not going to be a genius that has to put together that maybe the employee that's not
1: here <laughs> is <laughs> it's who did it. Yeah.
0: Yes. By this point, Lyndon B. Johnson leaves Parkland for Air Force One at Dallas Love Field Airport to return to D.C. At 1.30, the White House press secretary officially announces JFK's death. So this is just I, one I short know. hour after he was actually shot. Oswald is captured by 150, so just literally twenty minutes. I literally like I can't in a gas. I I'm not a person with a lot of patience, but I have never seen a rush like this one. Oh my god, right. And I I appreciate the hell out of it. Oh, of course. Like but I'm like, it. wow, these are moving. Yeah. Did not waste any time. No, they really are not wasting any time. So, literally 20 minutes after they announced JFK's death, they've got a person in custody. And you have to think, like, they are scrambling as fast as possible because, I mean, when any celebrity dies, America's in a frenzy. So, picture the president being murdered. Like, they... 20 minutes later is too long. Yeah. In terms of America. You know? Like, the way that people deal with this. So, you know, of course they're scrambling. Finally... They've captured the person just 20 minutes later after a struggle in the Texas theater in Oak Cliff. Parkland Hospital employee Daryl Tomlinson finds the, quote, pristine bullet on a stretcher in the hallway. By 2.04 p.m., although Texas law mandates an autopsy must be performed within the state, the Secret Service removes President Kennedy's casket from Parkland Hospital. Okay. Yes, I'm just gonna keep talking, no, yeah, and then just, we will just, just, we will unpack just go this. Later. Go yeah, 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 LBJ then takes the oath of office at 2:38 p.m. So not I mean, even two. This is too...
1: just bizarre. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> like I have no concept of protocol when a president dies, right? Well, it's this. So <laughs> this <is> crazy. <laughs> I mean, like, what if he, What if LBJ was like, I don't want to do it.
0: What if he killed JFK? And they're like, reward. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, we'll talk about that too. So, yeah. So, literally two hours after the president is shot and killed, and, you know, actually less than two hours after they even know he is killed, Mm -hmm. LBJ is now our new man in charge. Oswald is then put in a lineup questioned, and eventually charged with the murder of Officer J.D. Tippett. That is the officer that I had said was killed in Oak Cliff. A press showing with Oswald is then held in the basement assembly room of the Dallas Police Headquarters. A man named Jack Ruby attends this. Okay. Oswald is then fingerprinted and photographed and then charged for the murder of President Kennedy. At 11.21 a.m. on November 24th, Jack Ruby shoots Lee Harvey Oswald in the basement of Dallas police headquarters and is then immediately taken into custody. On November 29th, so this is now seven days after the president was killed, the Warren Commission is established by President Lyndon B. Johnson to investigate the assassination of President Kennedy. On September 24th, 1964, the final report of the Warren Commission is presented to President Johnson.
1: So this is, like, everything they've gathered about what they think happened. Yes,
0: it's going to be, this. so this is about a year later, and it's everything that they have been able to tell conclusively. I can't imagine how much the
1: public (laughs) is just, like, what's going on in all this time because he was so... Beloved.
0: Oh my God! Like the most loved man. Mm. So yes. So uh, you know, for a year, everybody was like, "What in the world happened?" And um, then the Warren Commission gives us the answer that we're supposed to believe. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> I promise, I'm not going to be crazy during this. Like, I don't think aliens did it. Yeah, and we but... haven't had any wine, so <laughs> no. it's not going to be. I know, too I'm just crazy. drinking tea, so I don't sound too much like a horse. Yeah. But <laughs> I'll do the oh best God. I can. <laughs> Now, in order for our listeners to get the best experience and the best picture in their head, I think at this point, it is important to discuss what is called the Zapruder film and what exactly is on it. The Zapruder film, um, Richard B. Stolle obtained the Zapruder film for life, and that was just kind of, like, the first time that America was able to see it. You can look up his interview on YouTube. It's, like, very interesting how it all went down. But anyway, Abraham Zapruder had an 8 millimeter camera in Dealey Plaza that day. He's just a regular man. And now he's the known camera. as the Zapruder film. Seriously, he made, like, <laughs> you ever, like, of course the saying, like, the right place at the right time. Everyone thinks, like, oh my god, Abraham Zapruder, like, he was in the right place at the right time. And yes, he was, so that we could get as many answers as we can. But this man is so incredibly haunted by taking this video that everybody talks about It's just like so sad to think about like he was a photographer but he had life aspirations that didn't include this in his life like Mm. he was just swept up into this and like this became his life and and his family's life after that too so this is just kind of like doesn't really have too much to do with everything and i got a little off track when i was um researching but it's just so interesting to like read about this stuff so anyway Richard B. Stoley, like I said he obtained it for life and it was interesting because he said Mr. Zapruder was contacted by like several reporters and I think several probably even is an understatement but he was contacted by a bunch of reporters and he said yeah sure like you can come see the film you can come in at nine so Richard Stoley went in at eight <laughs> <laughs> he said I'm no commoner yeah <laughs> He was like, I will be there when I want to be there because I'm getting what I need. Okay. And actually, this was when Mr. Zapruder was going to show the film to two secret service agents. And, you know, Mr. Zapruder was a common man. So he was Mm -hmm. like, what's the difference? And he was like, come on in. You can see it too. (laughs) So this guy was just sitting in with two secret service agents. This is just a regular man reporter. Oh, my God. He ended up sitting in and watching the film. This is what the film shows. The motorcade comes around the corner and then turns abruptly left. So, Dealey Plaza, you can picture it being kind of like a circle um, thing. And then, like I said, they turn left. And so, at this point, then the Texas School Depository is on the right side of the car. Got it. The presidential car is a convertible um, and it disappears behind a road sign. JFK is in the back seat with Jackie Kennedy, and then the governor and his wife are in the two seats in front of them. So, the governor is directly in front of JFK. Um, When they emerge from behind the sign, the president has both of his fists jammed up underneath his chin. Like, he's, like, holding two hands up and fists under his chin. And also, you can see Jackie Kennedy kind of reaching over him to help him. So, that is... um, Kind of indication that he was shot by that point. Yeah, and the governor at this point, who is sitting directly in front of JFK, turns around, and now his body is facing the outside of the car. If this makes sense, let me know if this is confusing. Okay, yeah. What do you mean I, by
1: outside of the car? Like just like
0: okay, so he's like sitting in the front passenger seat, or like not the front front, but you know, he's sitting in in the seat in front of JFK, and. To turn around to look at JFK, he turns around, like, to face the outside of the car. You know what I'm saying? so, like, the back. So, like, his stomach is up against, like, the door next to him instead of, like, facing his wife. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, so he, yeah, he turns around. Now his body's facing the outside of the car, and his head is turned back to look at JFK. That was the signal that he had been hit by the first bullet to hit him, which was the second shot. So this, at this point, is like the infamous frame 313, which is when the whole top of the president's head explodes up into the air. At this point, you can see the governor bend over and someone from the Secret Service runs to jump onto the back of the car and help Jackie Kennedy. Now, I'm no Secret Service agent. Of course, right? I mean, as far as I know. I'm not. Trust me. (laughs) Like, if I see the president and the governor being shot, I would maybe have some urgency. And I would think, okay, there's one man running after her, but maybe I can help too. Because my one duty is to be there during this time, right? Correct. Yeah. Where the hell was everybody else? (laughs) One secret service agent goes to help the president who just got murdered. And the first lady is just sitting there so helpless. Like, hello? Hello? One man is going to go jump onto the car. I mean,
1: I think security definitely changed after this. I know. (laughs) It's
0: like, yeah, because that's the thing, is that, like, we think of the Secret Service in terms of, like, the Secret Service now, just like how we think of, like, flying on an airplane in terms of, like, post-9-11 world. So, it's hard. Like, we are in post-assassination world. They were, too. Abraham Lincoln was assassinated well before JFK, so, like... I mean, that is a
1: really good point, so... I,
0: I don't really know why... There was one man
1: that was like, you know what?
0: Yeah, this he what was like, do. okay, you guys, we're all here to do a job today, but I guess it's just me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the only one who clocked
0: in that day? Literally. That's and, you know, crazy. I know it's, it's very crazy and stuff, but I, I just feel like there should have been a little bit more urgency and a few more people to help. Yeah. But Whatever. Life got the Zapruder film from Abraham Zapruder for just fifty thousand oh, dollars. Can you imagine that? And it published a piece on the assassination of JF Kennedy. JF Kennedy. JF I'm like really gonna switch it up today. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying this name so often. It's yeah. getting a little creative. <laughs> no, I love it. They published a piece on the assassination of JFK, and you know, obviously it's like a newspaper thing, so it was in print, um, and not a video, so it was just like little um,
1: snippets, what basically yeah, like what the happened. frames
0: of the video, and then yeah, and then it was like description underneath. Two days after the initial fifty thousand print agreement, Life obtained the full motion picture rights for an additional one hundred thousand dollars. In nineteen seventy six, Life sold the rights back to the Zapruder family for one dollar. Uh I just like thought that was nice of them. <laughs> because that's like a magazine that like you would think I don't know, they'd they'd I don't be like know. shady, you yeah, look at these I'm big just, companies and you're like, you You think all of reporters songs. and you just like don't always think the like high like of the most highest regard, but like I just feel like them being like here. That's because they couldn't do it for free because that wouldn't be a legal binding document, so they just gotcha. did it for $1, and that was really nice. In 1999, the film ended up being appraised for $16 million, and I bet today it would be even worse. Oh. Oh. But, um, okay. So here's the aftermath of everything is, you know, as we said, LBJ takes oath, Lee Harvey Oswald was arrested and then killed, and by then, Jack Ruby. Yes, and then Jack Ruby Ruby was also arrested. Let's get into really the good. the stuff that we want to talk about now. All right. Yes. Okay. So the Warren Commission. So on November 29th, 1963, as I said, President Lyndon B. Johnson appointed the President's Commission on the Assassination of President Kennedy. It came to be known as the Warren Commission after its chairman, Earl Warren, who was the Chief Justice of the United States at the time. President Johnson directed the commission to evaluate matters relating to the assassination and the subsequent killing of the alleged assassin and to report its findings and conclusions to him. Here is, like, a little piece of the summary from the Warren Commission's final report. They say the president's car, which had been going north, made a sharp turn toward the southwest onto Elm Street. At a speed of about 11 miles per hour, it started down the gradual descent toward the railroad overpass under which the motorcade would proceed before reaching the Stemmons freeway. The front of the Texas School Book Depository was now on the president's right, and he waved to a crowd assembled there as he passed the building dilly plaza an open landscaped area marking the western end of downtown dallas stretched out onto the president's left a secret service agent riding in the motorcade radioed the trademark that the president would arrive in five minutes so the trademark is where he was going to do his speech that's where they were headed okay seconds later shots resounded in rapid succession the president's hands moved to his neck He appeared to stiffen momentarily and lurched slightly forward in his seat. A bullet had now entered the base of the back of his neck slightly to the right of his spine. It traveled downward and exited through the front of his neck, causing a nick in the left lower portion of the knot of the president's necktie. Before the shooting started, Governor Connolly had been facing toward the crowd on the right. He started to turn toward the left and suddenly felt a blow in his back. The governor had been hit by a bullet, which entered at the extreme right side of his back at a point below his right armpit. The bullet traveled through his chest in a downward and forward direction, exited below his right nipple, passed through his right wrist, which had been in his lap, and then caused a wound to his left thigh. So this bullet was flying. Yeah, and it also it's <laughs> so weird to say, like, a governor's <laughs> nipple. Oh my god, I was trying to hold it in! I was like, ew! <laughs> I don't know, it's just like, I feel like I don't have any right to yeah, talk about his nipple.
1: governor,
0: nipples. Sorry, Governor Connolly. Sorry, Mrs. Connolly, Jesus. Yeah, right? Oh, my God, I'm doing her dirty. Okay. Mrs. Connolly then noticed everything that's happening, of course, and the bullet kind of, like, spun the governor to his right, and so Mrs. Connolly pulled him down into her lap. A girl boss. She's really, like, doing boss. more than the Secret Service <laughs> at this point. The one guy on duty. <laughs> like... Him and Mrs. Connolly really had the the (laughs) s**t together. I don't... Okay, so another bullet then struck President Kennedy in the rear portion of his head, causing a massive and fatal wound. And what they mean by that is his head blew up. Blew up. I was gonna say. yeah. Yeah, that's like a very discreet way of saying it exploded. President fell to the left of... Fell to the left into Mrs. Kennedy's lap. Our hero, Secret Service agent Clinton J. Hill, riding in the left running board of the follow-up car, heard a noise, which sounded like a firecracker to him, which you would think a Secret Service member wouldn't think a gunshot was a firecracker, but whatever. Um, not my business. And he saw the the president suddenly lean forward and to the left. So he jumps out of the car and races towards the president's limousine. In the front seat of the vice presidential car, Agent Youngblood heard an expl. I'm so sorry. I hate to laugh through that because that's so childish of me. But Agent Youngblood, he was actually
1: an up and coming rapper at the time. Five months (laughs) down. Oh
0: my god! Stop. He heard an explosion and noticed unusual movements in the crowd, and so he vaulted into the rear seat and sat on the vice president in order to protect him. At the same time, Agent Kellerman, in the front of the presidential limousine, turned to observe the president. Seeing that the president was struck, Kellerman instructed the driver, let's get out of here, we are hit. He radioed ahead to the lead car, get us to the hospital immediately, and agent greer immediately accelerated the presidential car as it gained speed agent hill managed to pull himself onto the back of the car where kennedy had where mrs kennedy had climbed um so mrs kennedy at this point is like you know her husband's head is blown off she knows that her odds are better than his yes of course so she is like climbing on the back of the car trying to like she doesn't even know what to do she's like just helpless at this point So, Hill pushed her back into the rear seat and shielded the stricken president and Mrs. Kennedy as the president's car proceeded at a high speed to Parkland Memorial Hospital, which was four miles away. I mean,
1: Jesus. Okay, that was a mouthful.
0: That is essentially what I found to be pretty important from the Warren Commission because that is, like, their play-by-play of how it went down. And, And, like, in their defense, it does, I've watched the Zapruder film and it, It adds up. This stuff is what I'm also seeing. They didn't pull it out of the... Okay. But they think that one single bullet is what killed the president and struck Governor Connolly. So, essentially, this came to be known as the single bullet theory, and it was introduced by the Warren Commission. People refer to it also as the magic bullet theory. Basically, it said that the bullet struck Kennedy in the back and exited through his throat, but... I have kind of an issue with that because, like I said, the Texas School Book Depository was behind him and up. Like, obviously, six floors up, they say. Yeah. So, like, I don't really understand how it hit his neck and then exited down through his throat. Like, how long that is his neck? <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean... No, you're right. I right, right. <laughs> like the dimensions of President Kennedy's neck, please. Yeah,
1: but... but <laughs> yeah, no, it do, it doesn't add up. I don't get it. Seriously.
0: The theory claims that the single bullet caused all the wounds to the governor and the non-fatal wounds to the president, which totals up to seven entry and exit wounds in both men. The Warren Commission then acknowledges completely that there was a, quote, difference of opinion among members of the commission as to this probability.
1: I would hope so, because was this bullet just, like, flying through the air and just... Well, it's the magic bullet. Oh, right,
0: right. so anyway yeah they're like yeah we didn't all agree on this and it's like and you really want to publish this Mm -hmm. to to america okay um and basically (laughs) they stated that the theory was not essential to their conclusions and that all members had no doubt that all shots were fired from the sixth floor window of the depository building so they're like yeah what we're saying is it was just one bullet that hit the president and caused every single wound. The the bullets going... <laughs> back and forth like a cartoon. But they're like, but if that is not the case, and if you guys find out we're lying, we're still standing by everything else we said.
1: I mean, this just sounds like they were able to examine what happened based on, like, the bodies and just video footage. And we're like, we need to give America, like, an explanation or, well, like, a like, they were reason. too busy
0: packing it up all pretty Instead of telling us what really happened. And that you know that because you know that they must be lying because they're like, oh, well, if that's not the case, we still stand by everything else. And it's uh. like, so, but if you knew for a fact that it was one bullet, would you say something like, if that's not the case, we still stand But Like, would you still say it's not essential to the rest of your conclusions? Because that is. It feels essential mm-hmm. to me. <laughs> it feels like you got this from me. Com- I like your conclusion. From I'm the fact. just being honest. I don't really think that these are all points that are mutually exclusive. Yeah. Like, it just feels like they do have something to do with each other. Mm-hmm. I feel like facts in an investigation of murder they happen to have a ripple effect where if one fact no longer stands up, maybe you should examine the others. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just how I feel about yeah. that general the- <laughs> conclusion.
1: So did they say anything else or was that really their only explanation, I guess, or only theory?
0: Well, okay. so here's the thing. The first preliminary report on the assassination, which was issued by the FBI on December 9th, said three shots rang out, two bullets struck President Kennedy and one wounded Governor Connolly. After the report was written, the FBI received an official autopsy report, which indicated that the bullet that struck the president in the back had exited through his throat, like we've been saying. Correct. The FBI had written their report, like, partly based on an initial autopsy report written by their agents, which reflected the early presumption that the bullet had only penetrated several inches into the president's back and had likely fallen out. The FBI concluded, therefore, that the governor had been struck by a separate bullet. And remember, when I was telling you the facts earlier, there was that one doctor who found a bullet on the stretcher that JFK Mm. was on. So, you're telling me it was one bullet, but a doctor at the hospital found the bullet that hit... Pre- the governor Connolly, and then somehow flew back into the air and back into John <laughs> F. Kennedy's back, and then out onto the stretcher. Later. It just doesn't make any sense. Who in God's name wrote the <laughs> Warren Commission statement? <laughs> I, mean, I am just like, oh my goodness. It's like I'm sorry, but if I showed that to <laughs> my boss, they'd be like, "Are you on crack? <laughs> right. You can't, you can't put a legal document out like that. You're I, fired.
1: You'd be fired." I, and it almost makes you think: be- Are they being this blatantly like idiotic?
0: So because that people can't... More. Po- like, it's almost like we're going to say something so outlandish that you feel dumb second-guessing mm-hmm. it. I feel like I'm being played. <laughs> <laughs> you know, literally. Plain. I'm like, is this the real Warren Commission findings or is this someone on Wikipedia? <laughs> with right. It? I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, there's, there's definitely some um, misunderstanding. Doubt. <laughs> Doubt. <laughs> definitely. People of the world think that uh, the single bullet theory... Is essential to the Warren Commission's conclusion that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. Mm-hmm. I think it is because if we're if we're talking about a bullet in his back and we're talking about a bullet that went in his neck, I don't know about you, but mine are not the same. My neck and my back. <laughs> oh my yeah, my
1: neck, my back. <laughs> 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 oh
0: my god,
1: it's our nipples now. That- <laughs>
0: Okay, but... Is anyway.
1: it was so x-rayed, I'm so sorry, God. Yeah. Oh, God. No, but definitely, your neck is completely separate from your back. So different. Yeah. So different.
0: Um, and so, I mean, what happens here is people start to doubt the fact that Lee Harvey Oswald did act alone. And here's another thing. Yes, the president, like, moves forward a little bit. But the shot is coming from the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository. And he's sitting in a car. How did a shot get in his back from that angle? Uh, yeah, like, I just don't really, I don't know. The, the two different parts of his body that were shot, it's just, how do you shoot someone? I don't know. None of it makes sense to me. Did I really the, don't even know how to Let me ask, line.
1: just because I have, like, the worst memory, but when the bullet hit his back, did it exit? Do we know yet? Or So
0: here's the thing. The Warren Commission is kind of, like, shutting down the fact that a bullet even hit his back. So because that they're saying I, uh, a single bullet hit him through his neck and then into the governor. So if that bullet that hit him through his neck and went into the governor is the only bullet, then what the hell hit his back? Right. So, and that's the thing is... That also, people who looked into it, the, I guess, the specific rifle that Lee or Harvey Oswald had, there's just simply no time for him to have done those two shots. And, like, let me explain this in a way that, okay, the, basically, the reason for this is all timing. Okay. If, as the Warren Commission found, President Kennedy was wounded sometime between, this is going to get very nitty gritty, Um, frames 210 and 225 of the Zapruder film. And Governor Connolly was wounded in the back chest area no later than frame 240. There would not have been enough time between the wounding of the two men for Oswald to have fired two shots from his rifle. That specific rifle, it's, like, not possible, apparently. Okay,
1: so then even if it was by some miracle at, like, an angle of his gun at, like, the ceiling or something... It's just not possible.
0: No, exactly. So, they're like, no matter the angle, the timing is what's the issue. Um, so, FBI marksman who test-fired rif- test the rifle for the Warren Commission yeah. concluded that the, quote, minimum time for getting off two successive well-aimed shots on the rifle is approximately two and a quarter seconds, which would be 41 to 42 Zapruder film, or Zapruder frames. Frames, so way past what was shown. Yeah, I mean, what what happened here is we're thinking it's about 30 frames, but this is 41 to 42, and it, it's literally, like, and he said that that was, like, the fastest possible way, you know? Yeah, and that's a professional, too. I exactly. Mean, oh. So, it just, you know, it's... It's very <laughs> hard to believe that it is the one bullet, and it is very hard to believe that it is the one bullet from the one place. If, you, mm-hmm. um, At the if specific- you think there's two bullets, you think there's two shooters, you know? Naturally. Okay.
1: Which is what I am of the belief so far.
0: Yeah, same. That is the one thing that, you know, people dispute. Now, this leads me to my next thing to discuss, which is that... Maybe there was actually a sniper man in the grassy knoll in Dealey Plaza. So the grassy knoll is just, like, this this hill thing that everybody calls the grassy knoll. I'm sure you've heard of it before because, like, I don't know what the hell that it's is, a... but I've heard it since,
1: like, you know what I mean? I'm like, what is a grassy knoll? It's just something, like, sounds familiar, yeah. Yeah.
0: Sure. This was, like, a little bit above where the Kennedy's motorcade was passing through. Um, Mary Mormon, this woman who was there, took a few pictures on her Polaroid it's Ooh. just so funny to think about the fact that, like, literally all of the evidence of JFK being shot is just just such just random people. Civilians! <laughs> the milkman! <laughs> like, it's just like, normal f***ing it's really people. regular people just being heroes oh, here. Oh my god. But anyway, she took a few pictures, and there's actually one particular photo that she took of the assassination and captured what many people call the, quote, badge man, um, Ooh. Ooh. Who, who is, like, this unknown figure who is, like, reputedly visible in the photograph. Um, even though an alleged muzzle flash obscures most of the detail, and I'll be the first to tell you most of the detail, (laughs) um, the quote badge man has been described as a person wearing some kind of, like, police unicorn, unicorn, (laughs) I have to go to sleep, um, wearing some kind of police uniform, um, and the moniker itself derives from, like, this, like, bright spot on the chest of this man. So everyone called him the badge man because they think it's a police badge. Could have been a brooch. Could have been a brooch. <laughs> I don't know why that just came Could to have me, been a brooch. but the badge man. <laughs> Could have been a brooch. Could have been an email. Right. Could have been a brooch. Could have been anything. It's fine. <laughs> that is funny. I never thought of that. People... I mean, right? I mean, it could have been anything just pinned on his chest. People are very ready to believe that it's a government figure that had something to do with this. So they're like, oh, something sparkly near his chest. That's a police badge. Mm -hmm. Everybody watch out. The question of if this man exists or not is kind of what's like helping perpetuate people thinking that, like, you know, Lee Harvey Oswald did not act alone and that maybe the Dallas Police Department actually had something to do with Kennedy being killed. I
1: mean, you did say that he was going there to sort of mend... Um... Right.
0: Like, people in Texas were kind of mad. <laughs> I'm just going to put it like that. I'm like, they're going to mend a relationship. You're like, they were pissed. Actually living. Yeah. No, really. So but, like, I mean, I, I can mean, see that. Yeah. So, a lot of people think that maybe the turmoil there is kind of because of that. Another theory that, you know, people talk about a lot is one that I think is fun to talk about. And it's called the Umbrella Man Theory. (laughs) Um, So a person that everybody calls the Umbrella Man has, like, been the object of, like, very much speculation. Um, Basically, he was the only person there that day carrying an umbrella. And he was dressed in all black. And his umbrella was black, so don't even try to say it was a parasol. (laughs) Okay. You don't bring a black parasol to a hot day. right? And so it did rain the night before, but it was perfectly beautiful that day. And so, um, everyone thought that was sketchy. And also, um, right as Kennedy's motorcade and his specific car goes by, this umbrella man points his umbrella to the sky and opens it, lifts it above his head, and, like, does a little spin, and then he (laughs) puts it down and closes it. Stop.
1: He was signaling someone. He was signaling someone. So, yeah, everyone's like,
0: he was signaling someone. Like me, I'm like, maybe, you know, let's, just to play devil's advocate- Maybe. This was, like, just part of his little get-up. And, you know, he was worried because it rained the night before. He didn't have an iPhone to check the weather. He didn't know if it was going to rain that day, so he brought his umbrella. And did a little joke while the president was passing by. <laughs> and here's the thing. Maybe he saw Abraham Zapruder taking the video, and he was like, I am going to be famous. I'm going to do my dance right as the president goes back, because I know I'm going to be on that camera. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, when you put it like that, I'm like, you yeah, talk about I don't play f- for trying to get famous. Right, he's the umbrella man. So, okay. you, you lost know. me, but
1: you have me now.
0: <laughs> and I don't know, because part of me does think that, like, he had this, like, rigged umbrella that had bullets in it mm. and he killed the president. But, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't know. Um,. I thought that I knocked over my coffee. No, it's just, just my your fault. And also, I'm not drinking coffee. Yes. Yeah. So, yes, I am on crack. crack. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this it's is okay. is crack cocaine in my cup. No, it's okay. Form.
0: Anyway, um, I've got to stop saying crack cocaine because my little sister listens to this. <laughs> Jackie, <laughs> Ronnie, yeah, because Ronnie's cool. She's gonna show Jackie this now, and Jackie's gonna be like, <gasps> "I want, I want to be famous." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so yes. The Umbrella Man, people really think that he was, like, a signaler of some kind. Um, but here's the thing about the Umbrella Man. He did end up going to court, and oh. they they found him. They tracked him down. Um, and he did go to court, and he basically just said that, like, he was doing that whole jig and stuff. Okay. <laughs> and that he wore that outfit because he was protesting... What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Well, okay, so it's, I guess it's, like, a Churchill thing. I guess he used to dress like that or something. I don't really know exactly. But anyway, he was protesting, like, U.S. government's failure to provide an umbrella of air support during the Bay of Pigs invasion. Mm. So anyway, that's, believe what you want. He may be a man trying to get his 15 minutes. He may be a man trying to get his 15 minutes while protesting the government. And he may be a Cold Stone killer. And at the end of the day, no matter what he did, he got away with it. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I am Team Umbrella Man. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. That's, That's a theory that people care about a lot, too. Yeah. Another theory is that LBJ had it done, which, you know, I love a scandal. Oh. So, of course, I want to believe this as hard as I can. But I think people who love a scandal even more than me think this, and they are crying. Okay. So, basically, you know, LBJ, he wasn't, like, totally on par with the exact stuff that Kennedy was. They were very different. Kennedy came from, like, he was fed with a silver Silver spoon, spoon. and LBJ wasn't really that same background. They just butt heads a lot. So people were very ready to believe that LBJ did this. Um, But Madeline Brown, who died in 2002, also claimed to be having an affair with Johnson. And so this, like, people started to believe her. She claimed that LBJ had attended a party with ex-Vice President Richard Nixon, FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover. Can I just say I would love to be at this party? Oh, all the big players, (laughs) yeah and some others the night before the attack according to dave perry who is like a well-known researcher of the jfk shooting madeline brown said that lbj whispered into her ear after tomorrow those kennedys will never embarrass me again that's no threat that's a promise okay, and then when he... you read it like that it really discounts what she's saying <laughs> <laughs> okay listen i'm just saying that is a scooby doo villain <laughs> madeline brown is watching too much cartoons <laughs> She was tired. She was bored. Those meddling
1: Kennedy's. <laughs> like, oh my god. Literally the next line, Literally. the next words out of her mouth. <laughs> she's like, like but <laughs> I, but it was true, I swear, I swear.
0: Yeah, she's like, guys, believe me. Did
1: a lot of people believe in her? What was... Well, yes, crazy people. Okay, right. But
0: apparently LBJ wasn't even at that party, so... <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so
0: what the hell is this random civilian? So they're like, Madeline Brown, sit down. All right, right. <laughs> I Just, like, people didn't like Johnson's. He, they, people thought he was a crook. Oh, That's a direct yeah. quote. And so, like, as a result, they were, like, so ready to believe that he killed the beautiful president that we had before. Um, but yeah, I, there's really no evidence that he did. And if he did, he's the president. So, like, no one's gonna, like, ever know or ever... Yeah, like, he's got go resources to cover the hell out of that. I think there are two more that are, like, kind of interesting to talk about one being that um maybe the mob did it this is like More not is interesting in, in the that. sense of me talking about it but if you're interested in the mob and stuff like that look into it because i am not going to do this theory justice because i get so bored when i'm talking about the mob because really? there's so many of them it's so confusing <laughs> and I, I don't smoke cigars so <laughs> <laughs> i don't have an accent like it just
1: doesn't fit with me
0: so apparently people no, okay. think that it was either the Chicago mob or the Miami mob or the New Orleans mob that one of them independently did it. Yeah. I'm not getting further into this because, like, everything that they say is, like, just hearsay. They're yeah, all just I trying that- to claim they did it. And it's like, but who did? Okay. Yeah. I think
1: with theories, especially surrounding this, it kind of toes the line of, okay, this has some actual facts to back it up. Whereas this is just, like, I want the credit. Exactly, and like when the mob
0: claims they did it, it's like no one's going specifically to prison for it. Yeah. So it's kind of easier than just pinning it on Madeline Brown or something. Oh my god. (laughs) Actually, what we're here to say is that we have a new theory and it's Madeline Brown that did it. (laughs) Oh my god.
1: Oh, Imagine years from now someone catches like a clip of this and be like, we've solved
0: it. I mean, this is how we make our money. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Another important thing that I think is worth talking about is the whole thing with the Bay of Pigs. Oh, right. Um, So, you know, I don't want to turn this into a history lesson. But the Bay of Pigs basically was this, like, CIA mission where they were going to go in... Basically, Kennedy was going to send Americans in to Cuba, too, and then Cuban forces were going to be on it, too, um last minute Kennedy kind of pulled out of it and he decided he didn't want to send the Americans in and a lot of
1: Cuban soldiers ended up dying for it. As a result of it because they didn't have any like help from the U.S. troops. Exactly.
0: So what ended up happening is that first of all the CIA was mad at Kennedy for it but also a lot of Americans were mad at him for it because it just pissed. Yeah it made people very mad because all these cubans died for this and and he said he was gonna do it and he didn't and it just became a big thing but he wasn't trying to get us into war at the time whatever it just it, you know and it just looked kennedy very was all about sneaky. saving face yeah. and he ended up doing the opposite here but he was trying to save face essentially but yes you're right it looked sneaky on his part the cia were really mad at him about that and I guess like Kennedy was kind of fed up with like the quote shenanigans that the CIA <laughs> was pulling. That's a direct quote from Perry, that guy that researches the JFK oh, the re- shooting. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, he said he found out that the CIA was trying to kill Cuban's leader uh, Fidel Castro. Yeah. And that's a fact. So the argument is that the CIA felt that Kennedy was going to disband them and as a result, they were the ones that ordered the killing on Kennedy. So yeah, there was like a few times like once the the CIA tried to kill them kill him with like a pen. Yeah. I mean <laughs> before
1: um looking more at, looking into more, looking more into whatever the JFK assassination, a lot of what I heard from my history classes was that this was like An inside job from the CIA. And I don't know whether that was just, like, a nutty professor I had.
0: I love a nutty professor.
1: oh, (laughs) my God, you would have... Basically, he said that this was completely an inside job from the CIA because he was just not making any of the decisions they wanted. And he was just trying to, like, play both sides, basically, Mm -hmm. without upsetting one or the other right he wanted to be very
0: middle of the road so that he could you know appeal to everybody
1: because he was so much about like bringing peace and just not really doing anything
0: yeah like he was very loved but he was loved for keeping the peace and being regular he never did he never made any moves that were crazy and then he makes this one move and they're like kill him yeah (laughs) which i mean i think is why a lot of people stand behind it yeah and i mean of all of the theories this one seems like the most concrete to me um and actually the former head of the cia alan Dulles. Was a member of the Warren Commission, so I don't know if that okay, is so bias interest. Yeah. So the you know the commission determined that Oswald acted alone, but do we believe Cl- them no, now, knowing that was on it? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and then there's like tons of different ones saying that like the Russians ordered the hit, and da 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 da, and you know it's not really likely. And also, I think it's important to say that the Trump administration also made a number of previously classified CIA documents related to the assassination that had been held by the U.S. National Archives public. Um, and I did a quick read up of those documents, and essentially, they didn't release anything good. Okay, <laughs> um, I was going to say, I remember this. And we know like... who killed Kennedy. <laughs> Just kidding. They literally did not. And uh, give his name us was right, right here. Um... Literally nothing here's one thing that I think is interesting to talk about. I don't know how much weight it holds, but so you can look up a video that like on YouTube, like the one that I saw that basically talks about his head wound. Um, and when you're looking at the fracture pattern, so a lot of what I'm saying, I'm just going to put the YouTube video in our show notes because like, I am, like, basically verbatim saying what this guy said because I am no forensic scientist. Oh, no. When you are looking at the fracture pattern to determine where the entry wound is, the fracture pattern, fraction pattern can sort of appear like a map, I guess, um, and essentially it helps you, like, trace the f- where the entry wound would be. okay, so it basically leads it like a map. Yeah, like I'm trying to say this in layman's terms. I think yeah, the from point A to point B you can trace back whatever. Got it. The official autopsy reports' fraction pattern would say that the entry wound is actually pretty low on the skull. However, the government's investigative committee fraction pattern places the entry wound up higher so allegedly. The images compared to President Kennedy's actual head x-ray show that the initial autopsy is actually correct. And the entry wound was pretty down low on the back of his head. Um, So, Red Duke, who is a 35-year-old fourth-year surgery resident at the time, um, when the Kennedys were rushed to Parkland Hospital, he ended up taking care of Governor Connolly because he literally was like, in the hospital, and he sees that, like, Governor Connolly, I can't speak, Governor <laughs> Connolly is, like, on a stretcher, and, like, no one's paying attention to him, because everyone's like, oh my oh god, right, like, the, president. the president was shot! And, like, no one cared about Governor Connolly. And so even, Red Duke is like, um, you know, I guess I'll, I'll be the one to do it. Yeah. And, just want to say, cool. they're friends to this day, because he saved Governor Connolly's life, and they, like, golf <laughs> together and hunt together, and it's just cute. I don't know, to this day, I don't even, I didn't look up. If that they're, they're so alive. But like, but like, that's so If they're alive, they me, are friends. Yeah. <laughs> Forensic pathologist Dr. Warner Spitz, basically, he's the doctor that the autopsy report, um, who, he did the autopsy report. Yeah. Um, the bullet wound in the front of his neck is, in fact, the exit wound. So, like we were saying, the bullet went through his neck. Gotcha. Because... Two entrance wounds would have meant two bullets in the body, and there were only one, as far as we know. However, some people, like people on Reddit, okay, think otherwise. Basically, they want to say, what if the wound to Kendi's throat actually was an entry wound, meaning that the shot came from the front of the car? Allegedly, every doctor and nurse who treated the president at Parkland Hospital said it was a very small wound, like about the diameter of a pencil, and Dr. James Humes looked at the body after they did for the government. Humes had allegedly actually never performed an autopsy on a gunshot wound victim before. So, so why is he doing this for the president? I know, like, can I do the next (laughs) one? I don't... (laughs) Literally. Are they taking volunteers? Right. And like I said, the the autopsy was supposed to be performed at Parkland, but the Secret Service just, like, upped that man out of there and Uh went against Texas law to do it themselves. So, you know, that to me is a little bit sketchy. A little bit sketchy. I've given you guys a whole lot of nothing because I don't truly know what to think about this. I think that the most reputable thing is that maybe the CIA had something to do with this and that Oswald either worked for them was or was just kind of a pawn in their game. Yeah. Oh my god. So, I
1: definitely think that there was after hearing all this and after consuming it mm-hmm. and letting it marinate. Right. I d- <laughs> I'm out of poetry slip. No, but I really <laughs> I really think there were two people involved. And whether that be it was like orchestrated by the cia Mm -hmm. or it was just two people who decided to kill the president that day i definitely am not of the belief that it was just lee harvey oswald because that makes absolutely no sense
0: yeah and you know at the end of the day it's harder for me to believe that this random man acted completely by himself than it is to believe that there were multiple people involved that made it go so smoothly exactly And let's talk about the fact that the motorcade was announced and then changed. And it's just, Mm -hmm. there's so much stuff that makes it feel very government oriented.
1: Exactly. Because there's little pieces of stuff that you would think would would amount to something, but it's nothing.
0: Yeah. You know? So it's like, do we already have the truth behind JFK's assassination? Or are we just going to have to wait around for another set of files to be, you know, unsealed? Before we get our actual answer? Or will we never, ever get it? Thanks for listening. You can catch us on Instagram at The Chalkline Pod, Twitter at The Chalkline Pod, and you can follow along with our YouTube channel. The link is in our Instagram bio. Tune in next Thursday for another story.